Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello. I am glad to be with you all today. We are launching into talking about how the contemplative can be useful to us when we are experiencing fear-based responses. I'm sure all kinds of fear-based responses come up in all of us from time to time, but it came up for me recently to the point that I was like, I want to talk about this in a podcast. Our littlest one had come running into our room at like five in the morning. So it's like little feet, and he's breathing heavy, you know, it's faster, and he's kind of whiny. And so it kind of like pulls you out, and my mind starts to go crazy all of a sudden, and just like, a little extra background, there had been this stomach bug going through our house, right? So anybody who's up, my first thought is, oh my gosh, they've got the bug and they're going to be sick. But, you know, it could be anything. So I'm trying to like figure out the cause. Did he have a bad dream? Is he just afraid from walking down the hall and it's too dark right now? Is he going to get sick? I'm trying to figure out all the things. And when I get nervous when that fear-based response comes my body gets really hot so i could feel like oh my gosh i gotta get these covers off of me because i feel really warm and i needed to calm down (laughs) i needed to be in my body in my space and be able to just be attentive so i started to breathe a little bit which was at least enough right to get me to a place where my temperature wasn't still rising and to attend to him and then we had to walk through it so he actually did not end up exhibiting the stomach bug symptoms for several more hours but then it did he did succumb to it all and we did have to do all the things that i was afraid of we had to do the laundry we had to walk through the whole scenario but we were okay right we got through it and i was more tired that day which was another fear that i was having at 5 a.m but we got through it. And so I don't know, just thinking about how this works in our lives, I would love to chat about it. How do you deal with fear in your lives? Are there contemplative practices that help you with this? What's your experience? Well, I find, you know, you're talking about a crisis happening and fear being a response. And I definitely have times like that where you know, this crisis has happened or, or what appears to be a crisis, especially when something happens late at night. And my my response is be, to become an ogre, you know, big, gruff, and I become angry. Uh, fear, the fear situation causes me to be angry, and that's an appropriate emotion. And I think that people say men can have is they can be angry whenever they're fearful. And it sort of stamps out the fear, you know, because the the anger has sort of risen to a level that causes the fear to be squashed down but that isn't my most common response to fear i think my my biggest response to fear when i'm not being thoughtful or contemplative about it is to escape i just like i don't want to deal with that i don't want to think about all the negative stuff so i just like i'll go into a book i'll I'll go uh i'll go snack on something in the kitchen so escapism sort of becomes my way of dealing with fear although i don't think that's helpful i don't think that helps you to to deal with uh the issue i think you know again like settling into okay what what is what is going on how do I contemplate the actual experience and how do I not react to it, you know, act accordingly? Uh, someone said that 
the opposite of contemplation is an action. The opposite of contemplation is reaction. I find that I want to be a person who acts. Uh, I don't want fear to cripple me. I want to be able to act, but I don't want to react in situations. So that's what I think of whenever I think of being contemplative and when that emotion of fear rises up. Maybe for me, I tend to think of fear not so much as the immediate crisis at hand. I would maybe call that being inconvenienced or something like that. I think for me, uh, it's more sort of deeper issues that I'm afraid of that maybe are a little bit harder to excavate. So I'm thinking of a session that I was in where I was receiving spiritual companionship from someone and just really coming to, you know, some of the questions that he was asking me was drawing out some of my fears of what it means to be a leader and if my leadership influence increases, then that means there's more potential for hurting people, failing, having situations that are out of my control. And as he was asking these questions and drawing out, it was like, wow, I, I actually didn't realize the multiple layers to some of these fears that I was feeling. And um, I actually, br- I, I had never cried before in front of him, but I just broke down in this session because he was just drawing out these facets of fear that I had never even considered, like maybe on the surface, but I think I just had made excuses for myself or was just kind of plunking along. And he was really identifying, no, I think that there's some fear here that we need to to discuss and to talk about in order to see you set free. And so, I don't know, I think um, when I think of the topic of fear, I probably maybe think more, I don't know if it's like long-term fears or deep fears, things like that, that um, I have found these contemplative practices really helpful. And I think that conversation, it's not like I had that conversation and then I dissipated all my fears. I would say over the past, that was probably eight years ago, that launched me into this eight-year process where I have slowly come in contact with, okay, what do I think about these secondary fears that come from some of these major fears that have been identified in me? Why do I think these things? How do I move forward? What's a step that I can take towards responding to this in my life? So I guess that's what's come up for me when I think about this idea of fear. I think this is all a really helpful point because there's so many ways that we experience fear. Like even as you guys are talking, I'm realizing I'm always asking, what does this person think of me? What does this person think of me? <laughs> there's like this fear that people won't receive me well. And so I'm always adjusting and reacting and trying to be in that space. What helps us when we're in the middle of it? I think um the last year I've been w- working through this meditation for fidgety skeptics stuff and really early on in the book, he talks about this notion of all of your thoughts, I suppose your reactions, like what Chris is saying, it's like being under the waterfall, right? And so it's just all getting on top of you and you can't really breathe or find any perspective. And the goal is to get behind the waterfall so that you can see it a little more clearly, step back a little bit and have it here, not be kind of right under the experience of it. So the last year or so, has been that a little bit for me too. But can I step back? Can I get a little bit of space between me and my fear and then try to figure out what to do? I think a lot of people think about what tools can they use to help them deal with fear. And I think there there are different tools for different personality types. And, you know, I think I can speak to my own personality type or, or my unique self. A lot of times whenever I find myself worrying or anxious i think singing uh or or music helps me to 
to not necessarily, like I said before, escape, but to become more grounded. I think a lot of times my fears are the what ifs, right? What ifs. And if I, if I go down that path and keep like excavating, digging, that isn't helpful for myself. But I think finding a groundedness Okay, where with my feet on the ground, not not floating off into what could happen, but me personally being grounded is super helpful. And I found, you know, singing or playing playing guitar is a very helpful tool. And and like I said, I think there are a million ways that we can we can find tools to help us. But that that that's what works for me. That's interesting because I think I'm the opposite where going down the what if trail is actually really helpful and freeing for me. And so if there's a fear that I am dealing with, or even if I'm talking to someone else, what is the worst case scenario that can happen? And so I think, and sometimes it's embarrassing. Like the worst thing is, you know, I've lost my job. I'm homeless. I'm on the street. My kids are in jail. I mean, you know what I mean? Like you just go, let yourself go down there. And then it's like, okay, if that happens and we're all in jail or we're drug addicts or whatever, can I handle that? And I think in that space of at the very bottom, God will be there too. And so I think that just helps me to, you know what, whatever trail this goes on, I'm not going to be alone. God is with me. And so I think it just kind of helps to, I don't know. I, I think for me, having an ambiguous fear is where I get in trouble. And if there's ambiguity around the fear, that's when it, it continues to build up. But when I can name it and actually like, this would be the worst thing, or these are the three possible worst things that could happen. I can deal with that. And I know that God will be there. So that's how I tend to, I think, navigate this. Yeah. I had a friend that did that with me once, like over dinner, right? <laughs> Not a real session, but he was telling us about how he had started going to these kind of group meetings and it was really helping him. And so he just, I think, practiced with me and and he just kept asking again and again, like, and, and what would happen if that happens? And I kept saying things. And the more that he asked, and then what would happen, the more it was like, oh yeah, my fears are a little bit I don't know, grandiose, let's say. I think I, w I wanted to use the word dumb, but dumb is the negative and grandiose is like more the positive. So yeah, I feel like the what if trail is also helpful. But Chris, I'm super into what you're saying too, because I'm a musician, right? So the notion of what opens us to the divine, like what helps us become aware of the divine, music does. And I think in a previous podcast, we talked about poetry as another way that can like slow us down. So it all makes sense. And uh, like this summer, we, all of our stuff, we had put it on a truck and then they drove it away. And then it was this very nefarious experience of when would that stuff show up or would it show up? How can we be sure? <laughs> and, um, a lot of people in that scenario were like, you, you're doing a really good job. You seem really calm for the fact that you have no idea when your stuff is going to show up or if it will show up. And I think on the outside, I was managing for the sake of others, right? <laughs> on the inside, I felt completely sick. And um, I found that the only thing that I could do in that scenario was journal. Like I just, I, I couldn't take deep breaths. I couldn't do anything. But if I started writing then I felt like I could hear God's voice to me when I could remember the other times that goodness had come into my life against all odds, but not unless I could slow it down. I had to have some way to slow it down. Yeah, Chris, I appreciate too what you're saying about the music. And I think even when the pandemic started and there was just high levels of fear, you know, everyone, no one knew what this was going to mean. And 
you putting together some Spotify playlists and particularly leaning into some just beautiful instrumental pieces that were just like the different strings and the way that it unfolded just took you into these other places of peace and beyond words that was just so healing to my soul and to many others that you shared those lists with. So I think, yes, that's, I'm so glad that you highlighted that. That's such a wonderful way in which we can engage. Yeah. And I really appreciated what you guys had to say about allowing people the space to sort of go down go down the and, and as someone who spiritual companions with others you know I think uh, I've I've been able to uh, open up the questions for people that allow them to explore the what-ifs and I just think as as a as a people we're really resilient you know if you look at history and all the atrocities that happened even recently you know the, I, I would the Holocaust was an atrocity that happened not too long ago and just hearing some of the stories of individuals and how not only has their lights not been diminished but it's just shown so brightly for the world to see and it's been such a influence uh, to our modern world right now. Uh, so I, I just, I like thinking and helping other people to, to understand the resilience that they have and, and how we can just move forward uh, and how, you know, the contemplative and companioning can help, it, help with that. Yeah, and I appreciate too, just even drawing out that there's circumstantial fears, but there's also inner, inner maybe mental fears that we have, right? And, and both of them again, are different types of fears, but they both matter. And I think being able to give voice to whether it's an internal mental thing that I have that wherever it came from, I don't know, but it's there. And I'm really dealing with that inner fear or circumstantially there's things happening beyond my control right now. And how am I interacting with that? So I really appreciate even the different types of fears that we are naming today. Yeah, I do too. (laughs) And when so I've been trying to develop this notion of this joie de vivre journey in one's life, right? And eventually it all comes to these moments. It comes to the point where we have to walk through the thing we can't control or uh, just the whole, the suffering, the, the sadness, the struggle. Um, and I find myself a lot of times realizing the only way through something is through it, right? And a lot of the fear is this resistance to wanting to even do the journey. I don't want to do that. I don't want to walk that. So... I feel like a little bit of it is saying yes, like being able to say yes to walking through it, which comes in a little bit back to in what's the worst that can happen. And if that's the worst that can happen, that's what it is. Well, I thank you guys for chatting about this with me. And if you are listening to this, I would love to hear your voice in the comments too. So tell us, how do you handle fear in your life? And if you're looking for more resources on the contemplative in general, do be checking out thecontemplativelife.net. For now, we are going to go into our thing that we are into this week. So tell me, you guys, what's lighting up your life? This week, I am into researching state parks and state campsites. So um, with COVID last, you know, we were still in the middle of COVID as this podcast is being recorded. But, you know, last summer, we decided to, we had a little pop-up camper that we had got as a family because didn't know what travel would look like and really began to explore very local. So we stayed within our state primarily, you know, a couple hours away or even within an hour 
to really explore the state parks. But this year, I'm feeling a little bit more adventurous and looking at some different state parks in neighboring states. And gosh, what a God bless the Department of Natural Resources and people that put these things together because the United States has some amazing local and state parks that I think have I have underappreciated. And so I've just been really grateful for the beautiful places that people cultivate and the lakes and the trees and all of that and really looking forward to exploring some more of that this summer. So that is what I'm into this week. I have been into spring. Whether or not that's a reality, the snow is melting outside. Uh, The weather is getting warmer and I find myself wanting to walk more and pay attention to nature around me. So I've really been into the hope of is spring going to come a little bit early? Is the weather going to warm up? Am I going to be delighting and being outside in temperatures that are comfortable rather than bundling up? So that's what I've been into. I love it. I have also had visions of spring. I think um, what I am currently into, so it's the Lenten season, which means that Easter is a few weeks away. And so I'm getting all the supplies together to dye eggs. And I don't know why I'm so delighted about it, but (laughs) the color has been very important to me this past winter and light. And so I'm really excited to dye eggs. That is my thing. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. Again, I want to point everybody to the contemplativelife.net if there are ways that you would like to explore these topics more. And we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.